Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And guess what today is? It's the first Monday of the new year, in case you're wondering. It is that day. Uh, the other thing I want to say is, if you have not remembered Benny's birthday, oh, happy birthday, Benny. Thank you. Are you asking for me? We've been kind of to... kicking it up for the birthdays for a few years, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, 16 or 17 of them at least. At least 15 years. Okay, we'll go backwards. I like that, but I like that number better. T- I got to think now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't do the math (laughs) quite on that. But, you know, yeah, Benny and I have gone through the evolution of broadcasting, uh, the evolution of the Dr. Pat show, the formation of Transformation Talk Radio, uh, uh, the the once upon a time when I said, I'm so glad I do radio because I'm never going to have to do video. Mm -hmm. That was like not for real. (laughs) That was like not for real. Um, And then, you know, both Benny and Zach who are doing this, I know they have cameras, but they don't like to turn their cameras on. So we're traditional radio DJs. That's why we're traditional. You don't get to see us. DJ DJ Benny. (laughs) DJ Benny. Um, But I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. We have got a mega year planned coming out of the gate today. Wounds into wisdom. I'm going to be talking about that in a minute. But I want to say this to everybody out there. I love, I love the people that are bringing new messaging and conversations to the forefront. Uh, Rabbi Tirza Firestone, doctor, I should say Dr. Rabbi uh, Tirza Firestone, has, has authored a book that when you hear us talk about it, it's not really... You know, when I say book, it's like an understatement of somebody's message. And if I were to think about what it is that this brings forward, what I want to say to everybody out there, whether we're looking at healing intergenerational Jewish trauma or intergenerational trauma, what I picked up from the book is that the lasting effects of trauma that many of us have gone through, we now have a way to understand the deep wounding, but also the deep healing that can happen. And that's what this book is about. So for many of you listening today, you're going to take a journey with us about what these wounds into wisdom are about and what the opportunity to heal is about it's never been for me more prominent today to heal our wounds uh than ever and if any of you watched the golden globes awards last night or anything of that nature you will understand that there is a woundedness that people want and call to action about but the other thing i want to say uh about this book is One of my most quoted in 15 years, there is somebody that I have quoted more times than anybody ever, 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 Viktor Frankl. Mm -hmm. More times than anybody that I've ever quoted. And I've interviewed a lot of people. And we're going to talk about that because when I was handed that book by somebody that asked me to read it, to, to really look at my own childhood healing. It took me 20 years to figure out that's why they gave me the book. But today, I don't have to do it because Rabbi uh, Tirza is in the house and we are going to take a look at this. It's so great to have you here. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Dr. Pat. Happy to be here. I'm not kidding about this. You know, I have quoted Viktor Frankl more times than I can remember, just about anybody. And and I, I don't know why that is, except for the fact that there was so much to learn from an outside view of horrific scenarios and situations, horrific. I mean, you can't even talk about the degree by which people suffered and walk away from that by not being touched. But I want to ask you, because this book, Wounds into Wisdom, is really the new energy of 2020, isn't it? It's this idea of looking at wisdom as a different word, a word of power. And I want to ask you, given everything you've done, all the work you've done, the people you've helped, the studying you've done, who you are in the world, what are some of the challenges and obstacles that you personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Mm. What a wonderful question. Uh, I think that I did not know early on in my life that I was made of, I was carrying with me a matrix, a web work that was so much bigger than me that had a, uh, that I was carrying a legacy of pain and suffering that had not been transformed. And uh, there was anxiety, there was anger, there was guilt, there was a feeling of unsafety in the world. It was, I thought that was all mine. The more I learned uh, the more I realized, no, this is a, a, the residue of my ancestors who, and many, uh, it, my parents, for example, had not told me where they had been in their lives and what they had gone through. So it was, uh, you know, it was not until my first book came out uh, when I was 40 and uh, a strange man called me from Australia with a very strange accent it was my cousin ziggy but i didn't know it i thought it was some crank caller and, uh, he said to me you don't know anything about your life i thought what are you talking about i was about to hang up he said don't hang up this is your cousin ziggy your mother has told you nothing and he proceeded to tell me that my mother was a uh, had lost her entire family in nazi europe that she had made it out and she had kept that as a secret uh, but it came out it sure came out in mother's milk and in all the ways that she parented me uh, and the secrets of my father that he had been at Bergen-Belsen in 1945 uh, as an American kid from Brooklyn and had seen things that were unseeable. And it wasn't until he died that I opened up his filing cabinet and saw the pictures he had taken of the unseeable, uh, horrendous things that he had seen in the death camp. And then I Every, all the dots started to connect and I realized, oh my God, uh, these people were trauma survivors and they had hidden all of these things, but it had come out anyway in their parenting and their temper and their rigidities. And so I began a journey to transform the pain that I had inherited. Yeah. You know, it's funny um, because I think we have uncles and cousins like that, right? uh different generations i had of course my uncle ralph from the bronx i'm from the bronx and i remember my uncle ralph who almost in the same tone that you just you you just demonstrated there from ziggy right almost in the same tone but half italian and half english telling me what i didn't know about what i didn't know about my family about my dad you know about my mom's suicide and, you know, these moments where these folks come forward, right, when they come forward to share this wisdom and to really share what it is that will help us heal, it's such an enormous gift. And I don't know about you, but I didn't recognize it at the time. Did you? Did you recognize it at the time? It took me years uh, to, to understand that uh, that hurt people hurt people. And that is a simple, a simple statement, but it is uh, something that is in the flowing in our blood. So yes, we're all here to do this healing work, whatever our legacy is, both for good to transform that to the next generation, but also 
uh, the, the residue of these extreme life experiences that, uh, that aren't talked about or that are unresolved. And we are the, we're the aware ones, we're the conscious ones, we're the sensitive ones. And somehow this stuff just falls into our lap and it's ours to do. And that's the great opportunity and the great gift of this lifetime. It is a great gift of this lifetime. And, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about when we come back from break is, you know, many folks may be listening to this show and may or may not have had the opportunity, you know, to live in a multicultural environment where perhaps their friends were people of the Jewish faith, right? But I'm one of them. And, you know, as I think about this and I think about what I've got to experience now from three different religions, just saying here, uh, yeah, uh, Rabbi Firestone, just saying from three different religions, I think for me is what helped me understand the depth of possibility for what you're talking about in the book, these wounds into wisdom. Now, clearly for me, uh, you know, my emphasis of growing up was a Catholic Italian family and a stepmom from the South, the Southern Bronx. But when I think about my friends and some of the experience and some of the rituals that I got, got to experience, and I think about the depth of that, the one thing that's missing for somebody like me is not the real experience of what it was like for you and people uh, that have suffered the trauma, the in, inter-multi-generational trauma that folks like my friend Sherry experienced, you know, growing up Jewish, or for those of you out there, Chef Rossi, when we he heard her talk about it. But this book, as Gloria Steinem says, this is a book for many of us. There is wounding on the rise. What do we do about it? Let's take a short break, everyone. We have got a lot to talk about. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with Wounds into Wisdom and Rabbi Firestone. We'll be right back. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on transformationtalkradio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you your story? Or can you change your story? Can you change what you believe to be true about yourself and your circumstances as part of your healing journey. What if you were to change your expectations? What if you were to invite ease and cooperation into every day and then step back and see what happens? It might just be easier. I'm Megan Edge, and I hope that you'll join me on my new radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. Want to find out more about Megan Edge? Visit her website at meganedge.ca.
Do you find yourself sensitive to the energies around you? Do you find that you attract certain people in your life who literally drain your energy? In fact, they suck the life right out of you. If so, this course, The Empath's Guide to Slaying Energy Vampires is just for you. Here, you will learn the tools and strategies you need to take your power back. Sign up today at thekarmicpath.com under our courses tab. Dare I sing happy birthday to Benny? If you want to. Happy Yay. birthday to Benny. Woo! Happy birthday to Benny. <laughs> yeah! Happy birthday, dear Benny. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Well done. Well done, Pat. Well done. Gets better every year. I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. I remember one year he did the birthday song for me. Our birthdays are about a month apart. <laughs> The Marilyn Monroe version. Of oh, that. yeah. I got to dig that one back up. Um, <laughs> I want to welcome everybody. Welcome back. Um, you know, here's what I want to say. And this is something that I know we're going to get to today. I, I just know it. But when I think about the, the book that's in front of me, Wounds into Wisdom, and Rabbi Firestone is the author of the book, but it's more than a book. This is really when you go through the story, the message, the empowered version of healing. And we look at the spiritual perspective of things. And, you know, there's no other name for a book like this except Wounds into Wisdom, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But the thing that I love about this is that this is not necessarily for a group of people that you may say, I'm not that group, because here's what I want to say. If you're like me, if you're like Rabbi Firestone, then one of the things you're going to know is there's some woundedness that gets passed forward multi-generational. I know it in my family. She talks about it. But today, we want to open up the door for healing. We want to healing. Are you surprised? First of all, great to have you here. A powerful, yes. powerful book. Um, I want to ask you a question. Who are the people, I, I know, I told you I'm not going to stick to the question. I want to know who the people are in your life that influenced you most. Because you don't write a book like this without being influenced, I don't think, right? I, I'm, I just would love to know, when you, when you sat down to really put the pen to the paper on this, whose face did you see? Oh, I, you know, it is the heroes in my life. Victor Frankel is one of them. You called him right to, right at the beginning and, and, and Gloria Steinem, you've already mentioned the yep. people who have overcome the obstacles that, uh, that they were born with or that they were, that landed on them because of their gender, because of their race, because of their religion. And they said, no, damn it. I am not, they are not stopping me. I'm going, I'm going to deliver the message that I have in this life and nobody is going to stop me. And uh, so I'm, I'm taught, I, I was influenced by all of these incredible people who have lost children in suicide bombings or, uh, you know, people who were lost their dignity uh, because of poverty uh, or displacement. It, it doesn't matter really what is the story. The, what really matters is that momentum and that yeah kind of that mission that you have to say, no, damn it, you know, that sort of indignation, I'm not going to get stopped in my tracks. And I think that that's one of the reasons, you know, I had the, I, you mentioned Gloria, and I know she was on your show uh, a few years ago, Yep, I believe, and she's uh, one of my heroes in life. And uh, she, you know, she, she grew up in a car, she didn't go to school. She was sort of didn't go to school till the senior year of, of high school. She's somebody is one of the greatest speakers and the greatest writers, but she wasn't taught to speak or write. She overcame all that. And, uh, you know, when she came out and God only knows why so strong right out of the gate, when my book was published, she said, I want to champion this book. And I think it was because uh, she, you know, she's not Jewish identified. She's it's not that it's, I think it's because she knows that yeah. every woman in our culture has, or maybe not every woman, but almost every woman in our culture has suffered an indignity at the hands of this you know, male dominated culture has suffered boundary crossings or exploitation. And that it, it's not only ours, but it's our mothers and our grandmothers. And 
if there are women out there listening, is we all know that there's intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And and uh, one one woman came in last week to telling me her story about her grandmother coming over on the boat and landing in Ellis Island and how she was, uh, you know, she suffered in some man on the boat accosted her and she of course could not speak about that. But that went in that that deep wound to her femininity and to her to her womanhood. She suffered that silently and that got that got transmitted to her mother and then it got transmitted to her. And she had to break out of it and finally learning the story, it all made sense. Uh, that there was some secret that she was she was carrying in the third generation. So um, there are these people that understand that it's not you don't have to be Jewish, you don't have to be uh, Catholic or uh, or African American to to suffer trauma. We all we all do, and if we don't do the work of um, turning over the stone and and feeling these feelings, they uh, the the trauma gets transmitted to the next generation. It does. And, you know, this is what I was really struck by in the book, every every bit of it, you know, from, you know, talking about awakenings, really what that means. And, you know, people have asked me over time, you know, when was my awakening? And my answer is like, which one? You know, was it my mom's suicide? Was it being homeless at 17 and begging for money in the Port Authority? Was it that one? You know, wh which one? And what I was really struck by is, we can recognize an awakening if we've had one see can't recognize it if you haven't if you haven't had one or better said you can't recognize it if you've had one and not been aware that you've had one right but when i think about it and i think about your your you talking about gloria i mean gloria touched my life and I, a, a number of years we gave her an award we give out awards uh, kind of fun awards. The original name of the show was crust busting. And so we give out, we give out crust busting awards, but she touched my life in a way I couldn't tell her, you know, we brought her in, uh, you know, I was in HR. We brought her in for a lunch and a talk and it was awesome. Right. And my friend Linda was the one to bring her in and I didn't have a seat at the lunch and she gave me her seat. And I remember sitting across the table from this woman that was larger than life. And all I remember is her saying, do something outrageous. I remember that. You remember that? Every day, do something that. Every day, do something outrageous. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm struck by when I read your book and I read the work you're doing in the world. Because you see, you heard her say that and then you did it, mm -hmm. right? you're doing it. Um, I wanted to ask you, when you write a book like this, there's so much pain in the world. There's so much pain, but there's also so much hope. How do you reconcile the gap between hope and pain? Mm, that is, at the beginning of 2020, that is the year of, that is the question of the year, really. Uh, it, yes, it is. <laughs> because we have such beauty in this world. We have such kindness. We have such uh, people working for justice, people working to bring beauty into the world. And, you know, in the other hand, we have so much suffering and you can't read the New York Times or the, or, you know, the USA Today without feeling this, oh, incredible pain in, in your heart. Yeah. So how to hold tension with those two and not let the pain get out of control and not let it stop us in our tracks, and also not allow, not allow the beauty to eclipse the fact that people are suffering uh, all around us. So it's really like these a tightrope that we're that we're walking, and important to keep the balance. And for me, for me, it's about prayer. And for me, it's about every day doing some form of meditation or prayer that allows me to remember both and give thanks and give praise, and also to say. Deploy me, God. Put me, put me in the service so that I can do something outrageous today that goes beyond my limits and helps somebody and and give somebody dignity. And I think that's really the key. I mean, one of the things that um, I remember talking about, you know, I had a very interesting 
research project, you know, when I lost my job at the phone company and I decided to go back to school, I had no idea that I was going to study that pain that I was feeling, right? And I went on to study the consequences of broken promises for 10 years. And as I was reading your book, I was struck by the degree by which, you know, promises of life, promises to honor the dignity of the human spirit had been broken for centuries after centuries and centuries, you know, for the Jewish people. But, you know, beyond that for other people, but I was really struck by the journey, right, that I know of, not firsthand, but I know of, of people that have relatives that, you know, just define persecution in ways that someone like me can't even imagine, right? Mm -hmm. But yet emerge so powerful and strong. And I think when I read your book, there is a message about that that is so important. And I want to ask you about it because the emergence of yourself, of other family members, you know, I look at myself and being here, I ask myself, how do how are we doing it? How is it we get fired up more and more every day, despite you know moving beyond some of the things you write about in the in the book? But how do we do it? Is it part of the the the, the healing, the cultural healing in the Jewish traditions? Is that part of it for you? Oh, such good questions. Uh, I think that we inherit we inherit incredible strength and we find it also we find it from spirit but we also inherit this resilience and this determination uh if we can tap into it it's like what are we tapping into uh are we tapping into to loss and despair and hopelessness or are we saying no actually my people survived this and it's against against my law against my inner law to lose faith to lose hope i have to endure because because so many before me uh endured and stayed resilient and stayed faithful so um it's really we can we can tap into a lot of things and tapping into the mother load the vein of of hope and faith and you know uh survival survival in the best sense it's not survival really it's flourishing and thriving uh, even in the face of tremendous unknown forces, tremendous doubt, tremendous pain. Yeah, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I've got a copy of the book to give away. And I'm going to talk with Rabbi Firestone about these phenomenal principles that she has outlined in this book. And this is why I say, you know, this is a book that transcends whatever history you may be bringing forward, whatever culture, whatever your past, whatever place your family has come from. When we come back, we're going to talk about these literally transformable principles that she's outlined in her book. Because look, this book is called Wounds into Wisdom, but there are also these principles that allow for the portal of freedom that inner freedom that Viktor Frankl so, so talked about, embellished, wrote about, gave us information about. When we come back, we're going to talk with her about the principles that are not just meant for this book, but literally could be meant for this decade. Because if we needed healing, it is now. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. Has your buzz for life buzzed off? Feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head-on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I want to thank Linda for setting this interview and conversation up. But I want to thank uh, Rabbi Firestone for writing a book for the decade. This is the book for the decade. I believe it is. And, you know, I've gone through the book twice now. And even as I go through it, I miss some things. Uh, two things I want to do, Benny, let's go ahead and give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, and Rabbi Firestone, can you tell folks what is the best way for people to find out about you, you know, beyond the book, how to find out about workshops, other things you're doing? Great. I'm doing teaching all around the country. I'm on a, uh, you know, a wide book tour. So please do tune in to www.tirzafirestone.com, T-I-R-Z-A-H, that's with a Z, like a zebra, T-I-R-Z-A-H-F-I-R-E-S-T-O-N-E. And uh, my all my calendar is on there and uh, my upcoming retreats and teachings all over the country. Love to see you. Yeah, I love that you're doing this. And for those of you out there, you'll be able to take a look at the upcoming events. Um, and by the way, if there is a way for you to say, look, I would love to have Rabbi uh, Firestone come to my town, there's a way for you to contact people here. Uh, and there's a reason why this is so important and this book is so important. I want to give a copy of the book away, as I said, 1-800-930-2819. You know, one of the things I, I was asking you about before the break was, you know, we were talking about the principles, but they really are powerful and they really transcend whatever cultural background you have because they're universal principles, but they're not universal ones that I have seen before, let's say. You know, you have crafted a set of principles 
that take people on a journey, that mm. take people to the place where you almost can see the interweaving of the stories of people that have come before, people that are here now, and people that are yet to come. I wanted to ask you about these and ask you about the principles. Yeah, I'd love to share. Uh, basically, I can't take credit for them. I interviewed scores and scores of people, uh, really from around the world, who had gone through the most incredible tragedies and obstacles in their lives of all kinds, from war to poverty to displacement, to from all kinds, and uh, having their children murdered uh, or lost in war. Uh, and then uh, looking at all of these stories, these incredible stories, these incredibly heroic stories, I gleaned out, I pulled out, I harvested these seven principles. They were the common denominators of what all of these people said, how they had survived and more than survived, how they had, had transformed their lives into being teachers and peace builders and moral leaders. Uh, these were the things that they had to clutch onto. And they all said really the same things. And those are the principles. So um, the principles are about facing into your loss, number one. Don't ignore, don't minimize what you've been through. Uh, don't skip over it. Don't push it down. Face into it and begin to harness your pain. So one of, the, one of my heroic friends in the book who had lost his 14-year-old daughter in a suicide bombing in, in Jerusalem one year, uh, all of a sudden she was gone. He found her in the morgue again. She was out shopping with her, her young buddies. And he became a raging man of just venomous and vengeful. And he hated himself. And it was after a year, he had this breakthrough. He had one of those uh, awakening moments, this yeah. subtle moment of choice where his whole life shifted. I'll let you see, read that in the book. It's a phenomenal story. Yep. And, and he said, his name is Rami. And Rami said, you know, I, he realized that his pain was like nuclear energy. It, it was toxic, it was radioactive, it was destructive, it was destroying everyone around him and creating darkness and, and pain. And he said, but pain is like that nuclear energy. It can be converted into light, into warmth, into, uh, into sheer energy for, for use. Uh, and that he, he decided at that moment to shift it. So harnessing your pain uh, if the power transmitted from extreme pain is like nuclear energy, we have the choice to create, we have the choice to create darkness and destruction, or we could also choose to say, I'm going to harness my pain and create light and warmth and energy. Um, another principle is finding, finding people, finding people to witness you, finding people that are like-minded, who you don't have to hide from, family, really your family, not necessarily biological family. Right. These are the people that you feel kindred with, your heart connection, who you don't have to hide and you don't have to feel ashamed of what you're going through, but who are really willing to listen to your story. And um, and then there's the principle that everybody said, you know, all of these all of these interviewees that I that are in my book, they they said you you got you've got to resist this call from society. The culture is going to tell you to be afraid. It's going to tell you to blame others and to dehumanize others. And you've got to resist that. You've got to understand that even that everybody is in pain, <laughs> that even yeah. people who oppressed you, even people who hurt you, they're coming from their own legacy of trauma and that you don't want to uh, other them. You don't want to get stuck in a place of victimhood where you are, um, where you are, you know, that becomes your identity. I'm sure you know all about yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Nobody is doing this to you. It's a, 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 the product of so much, but you can transform your situation. Uh, and finally, taking action, making meaning from the tragedy. And I think that that's what Gloria Steinem, you know, was called to see in the book that that's the highest really the highest level of transforming. You know that you've transformed your your pain and your trauma when you can help somebody else. Yeah. And you can help prevent what has happened to you uh, from happening to somebody else. So taking some kind of action, it might just be a smile. It might just be, uh, you know, it could be writing a check or it could be um, giving somebody a hand. It doesn't have to be something that's a 
you're a global activist, but it's something small. You take action that you can spread light. That's taking action. Yeah. I, I want to say that th that right there, uh, as I was going through these, right, um, and I think your reference in the book says, please, uh, please choose somebody else. I think I can't remember the exact words, but I remember something like that. And I remember thinking back in time, uh, many, many years, a lot of a lot of stuff in my life. But I remember the one thing that I was struck by by my stepmom. Uh, who was very strict. I mean, I owe her the power of perseverance, what she shared with me, the things she really pushed me to do. But I remember from her, the one thing that I will never forget is no matter how down and out we were, and we were pretty down and out. I mean, seriously, for my, my 11th birthday, she and her neighbor got caught shoplifting my birthday gift. Now you want to think about, and, and then because I was hiding in the clothes, I caused a major embarrassment. It was bad enough they were going to quietly take her out for the shoplifting, but because I was hiding, it was like, where's the kid? But, you know, part of this, though, is she always said, and right out of the get gate for us, she was like, we got to go down to the local community center. We got to help these people. We got to box up gifts. We got to cook turkeys. I mean, that kind of thing. And it was odd because, you know, you grow up in the projects and you think about what you don't have and you're immediately relieved of the pain from that mm. by doing exactly what you said. It's, it's the medicine. <laughs> it is the medicine. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest, the biggest onus, the biggest residue of, of, of a family pain is shame. And so many of us carry shame and we feel bad about ourselves. We feel like there's a mistake in us. And uh, converting, transforming one's shame is really the key. And how we do that is to understand that we're all human. We all are carrying it. You're not alone. You're not you really aren't isolated. We are all connected because we're we're all have something inside that that uh, that tells us, uh, you know, we that we we could be see ourselves as uh, to blame or a mistake, but we can convert that. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this is I was reading this, I was really struck by the infrastructure of the twelve-step programs, right? And you know, I work with women in addiction and recovery, and I was really struck by the one element of those programs that many people don't know about, you know, and I'm not kind of giving any secrets away, but that is of being of service. It doesn't matter how bad you are in whatever that process is, you know, it's like make coffee. <laughs> and it's, doesn't it sound so simple, right? But I was stuck on the couch for a year mm -hmm. and I couldn't get off. That's how crust busting was formed. I was on the couch and I literally couldn't get off the couch after I moved to Seattle. And I just sat there one day and said, oh my gosh, I feel so crusted over. That was, I mean, that was it. Um, and it was as if I'd never felt like that. But you know, you say something in the book and I want to get back to it is I happen to be awake enough at that part of my life that I realized it. See, I think I was like that before at different points in time. But something about the air out here, when you move from Jersey to the Pacific Northwest, right? Like something shifts for you. I want to ask you, what are, I, I know there's a lot we didn't talk about, but I want to ask you because in your book, you do address it. What are people doing with their pain today? I know what I did with mine growing up. I can tell you right now, you could sit me down to have a Jack Daniels and within an hour, the bottle be gone. So I know what I did with my pain, but yeah. what are folks doing? Because we seem like we're functioning, right? What are we, we doing? Like we're functioning. We There's do. There is a lot of pain out there. And, uh, and when it gets self-medicated, when it gets pushed down, uh, it unfortunately, uh, that's how patterns get passed on. We're yeah. just we're doing the work. So we do want to 
sit on that couch and feel <laughs> feel the crust and feel that we you know feel that need to break out and sometimes sometimes uh, we get good and angry and that actually if you can use your anger again it's all about harnessing this this incredible power to break forth i mean you you got yourself to school you got you, you know you against all odds uh, at your you know in middle life yeah that you that's harnessing the pain to say yeah. i'm going to do something with this and that's really what it's about yeah Otherwise, i'll tell you what i really did i mean when my boss was ripping my badge, I had 24 and a half years. I was six months away from a full pension from the phone company, but it never dawned on me. All I knew is I couldn't implement the downsizing process and it was my job and I couldn't do it because they were going to do it fairly and then they weren't. And they wanted me to fire a woman with 29 years, 11 months of service. And I, I got to tell you, Rabbi, I looked in the mirror and for the first time, and I could tell you where I was and what that mirror, I looked in that mirror and I was unrecognizable to myself. Wow. That is, can I just tell you that so many of my subjects said that very thing, whether they were soldiers on the front, uh, whether they were impoverished people who had started stealing or addicts and that was the key point that was the subtle moment of choice looking yourself in the mirror and saying it's not because of the wrinkles by the way but because of, i don't recognize who i am yeah. i believe that we all are born awake we yeah. we come in awake we are all it's not that we that we have to have this miracle happen that we're awake. we are all awake but we get crusted over and we forget, we forget who we are. And so sometimes we have to look in the mirror and go, who the hell is that? Exactly. I don't like what I see. I've got to get back to who I am. And it's really a process of returning, not creating. Yeah. It's a process of returning to who we are, who, who God made us, our birthright as good, powerful, just people. You know, it's funny. Um, and I want to ask you about it because there's a part in the book that I, and I, boy, I wish I could remember the reference to it, but there is a part in the book where, you know, there's a moment of revelation. Uh, I can't remember the story either. There's so many good things in a book, but there's this moment of revelation that I think you got to where, you know, something shifts and something changes. And you, but at the same time, we don't know what we even don't know. We just know that we cannot be that person we were yesterday, whatever that was, we cannot be that person. And for a moment, if we're lucky, we don't think about the consequences of what would happen if we became our true selves again. We don't think about it. We don't think about in my case, the big fat job with the big fat salary with the big fat five acre house with it. We don't think about it. We just walk into work and say, hey, I'm not implementing that plan. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I call it the choiceless choice. That's we get, it. We get these, you know, you really don't have a choice if, you, if you're coming from, from your soul. It's the choiceless choice to say. I'll tell you a story. There is a, yeah. one, one of the stories in the book is about a, a beautiful, beautiful woman named Danielle. She lives in Israel. She lost her son uh, in a horrible, uh, friendly fire. It wasn't even the enemy. It was a horrible gaffe. Uh, army accident and uh, and she was visited by a group of women and a lot of people have lost kids in Israel. Unfortunately, trauma is everywhere because it's such a small country and 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 so many people have lost children. Yeah, she was visited during the Shiva during her seven day mourning period and she was pretty she was pretty dark Danielle she was she was really feeling like this is the end of my life and these women came in who had lost their children uh, years earlier in the in the Yom Kippur war. Uh, years earlier, maybe a decade and a half earlier. And, and one of them came up to her and said, you see me? I look alive, don't I? She goes, yeah. I look alive, but I'm dead. I died with my son. Yeah. And you probably will too. There's no, there's no living through this. I mean, she was all dressed in black. She was dour. And at that very moment, Danielle, something flipped in her and something raged in her, like a key turned and something yelled, no, I will not live a living death. I will not go down like that. And she yeah. started to rage inside and fight until she could recover herself. 
because she was determined to fight to get her life back. So, and to get her, her, her light back. Yeah. So um, that was one of her, that was one of her, uh, one of the stories of awakening, those moments, those subtle moments of choice that are really choiceless. We, we decide we are going to live and we're going to seize the moment. And like Viktor Frankl, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to make meaning out of this. And yeah. I'm the only person that can do that. Yeah. And I think I was so struck by that book. Um, uh, well, one of the books, but also, you know, people have asked me if there is there anyone that that living in this century that you wish you would have interviewed. And, you know, out of all the people, I, yeah, Viktor Frankl by far would be that person. I mean, yeah. you know, just in awe. But, you know, for me, being able to have this conversation with you and what you've been able to bring forward is the message for this decade. It's no surprise we're having this conversation today. And, you know, what I love about it is that it's a book that goes beyond the words on a piece of paper, but it's really an invitation for people that want to free themselves of the shackles of energy that's carried forward. You, you know, I had a psychic tell me once as I walked in the room, she said to me, oh my gosh, you're carrying three iron caskets that are chained to you. And she said, do you know who those people are? And I did. And I think it's time now with your help and the work you do and the message you bring forward to really help people free themselves of the energy that so ties us to a life we were not meant to live. And I wanted to thank you for that. Amen. Thank you for that. Um, I want to take a moment for folks, uh, where can people get a copy of the book? You know, I want to make sure folks know where they can get a copy of the book. And how do they find out more about you? Let's take a minute to do that. Okay. Wounds into Wisdom is available, of course, through Amazon, like everything, and through your independent bookstore. And uh, if you'd like a personalized, uh, endorsed, personally endorsed book, inscribed book, I'm happy to send it to you. If you have a, a gift, if there's some someone special, you can contact me through my website, www.tirzafirestone.com. And everything is on there, my calendar, my events, my upcoming teachings, traveling all over the country. I'm headed to Southern Florida, South Florida, uh, uh, mid-month, and then off to DC and to the East Coast. Uh, just came from the West Coast. Haven't been to Seattle yet, but I hope to be soon. I hope you do come. Yeah. 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 I love what you're saying, Dr. Pat, that this is an invitation. It's an invitation to all of us, uh, myself included, to to uh, to keep transforming this world and to keep yeah. transforming uh, who we are to better and better and better people. You know, you and I both have gotten lessons from Gloria Steinem. And one thing I'm really, I'm really struck by for this year for us and what we're building and our new technology, everything we're doing, I'm really struck by it. And I've never forgotten her staring right into my eyes and saying, you must do something outrageous every day. And what you're saying is that form of outrageousness becomes the form of courage that we need to really look ourselves in the mirror and heal. And I want to thank you for that. You're so welcome. And thank you for the opportunity to, to speak and to meet you. It's awesome. How fun. One last question. I'd love to know your personal message. What would you like to leave us with today? Hmm. Anything is possible. Everything is possible. Go for it. <laughs> Wow. And I want to just make sure everybody knows when you go to uh, Rabbi Five Stone's website, please make sure you take a look at the other books she has written, uh, especially when you take a look at some of the books that I know that I've read uh, by her, which she probably doesn't know about. Um, um, you'll find things that come to you to help you stand up, especially in wounds into wisdom but also some of the other books especially the receiving so for those of you out there thank you so much for joining me here today